0: All right, everybody. Well, in preparation for the preparation of the preparation. (laughs) No, that's a joke. That's a joke. I'm just playing around. I heard a lot of preparing. I will confess this to you guys. I'm in a um, I'm before the Lord for a lot of new things. And I say this in humility of myself. And I think it applies to the, to the church. Uh, I would say the Western church, how about that? But I'm, gonna, I'm speaking in, in humility for myself first because I'm not sure. But I think we have really, really, really good theology. I think we know the Word of God really well. And I think in later days, it's been great theology at the expense of practice. And I say that in humility. So I'm calling myself out first. And so what I'm going to present is We know the Word. We have the Word. We love the Word. The Word is in us. Jesus Christ is the Word. Also, the Word has to go out. And um, I don't want to just have a cup of coffee and sit warm and hold it and then read the Bible and feel better about myself because we're missing the point of the gospel. The gospel is to go out. And so over and over you can see after the good news is presented, Jesus came Jesus came to release the prisoners and set captives free. It was all four others. Then the disciples came and they said, as you go, go and do these things. And they were going out two by two in the world. Then he says, now before he ascends, he says, now go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's all about outward, outward movement. And so I want to encourage us. It's really easy, especially in this day and age, when we can focus on internal things. And there's a lot going on in our lives. There's a lot of hardship. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of brokenness. And the Lord is the answer of those things. And so come and be mended. Be healed. Be restored. Let's lay hands on you. Let's see the power of the Holy Spirit transform our lives from the the inside out that we would go out to see the, the gospel actually have traction in life. But that's what the week is for. It's for taking what we hear now and then actually doing something with it. That we come back again and say, man, when I was doing something with it, I got called some names. Um, I got rejected. I have a lot of questions about the faith because this guy had, a very, had an amazing response to me when I tried to share the gospel. I don't know how to answer that. Let's talk about it. But if we never have anything to talk about, all we're talking about is just getting better. And is there a point at which you can continually get better When we're not doing anything, I think that the wellness comes from actually uh, needing to do something in life um, to have recovery. As we were praying today, this is not my sermon, so forgive me for this, but I'm going for it. Out of Psalm 23, we know that the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want, he makes us lie down, he restores our soul, he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, it's for him, right? Okay? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear not evil, for you're with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And alongside that comforting, we know is also prodding and directional things. A shepherd isn't just cuddling all the time. They actually smack the sheep sometimes to get him in line, right? Okay. Ooh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going on a limb here, friends. The Lord is taking me on a journey of holy discontentment. And I say that in a a humble way of me being before the Lord to say, there's more. Open my eyes, there's more I know there is. We've seen it and we've experienced it. We're not there. And he will continually mature us and continually develop us in him. That's the point of the church is to present every member mature in Christ. And part of that maturation process is also seeing things that we can't see now. In the next day in the future, opening our eyes to see more. And so I'm, I use this text because as we were praying, I feel like there's somebody here um, that, is, that just feels like their cup is perpetually on empty. Have you ever been in a really, really hot day and you're exercising and you're walking and you go to take a drink and all that you have at the bottom of your cup is just the drips? You can watch it slowly come down and then it hits your tongue. And it's like, oh, what, I need more of it. And you can't get enough. I think someone's living like that here daily. And I think when I say someone, it's the majority of us. And I'm included in that. And so I'm, I'm bringing this because I'm going to pray for us in a moment. But there's more for us in the Lord than just eking out every day. There's more for us in the Lord because he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of me. So this lavish meal is before us, A feast. And you anoint my head with oil, brought me into your covenant family, you placed yourself upon me, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't believe your cups should be empty. And I don't even think it's a half full or half empty scenario. Which way do you see life? I think when you're in the kingdom, your cup overflows. And we go through moments, yes of the ups and downs, that's sanctification, being made more holy, more like Jesus Christ. But I don't think our perpetual existence needs to just be bone dry. If you guys hear that, is this okay? And so I'm gonna pray for us and I ask that you, if you need to be on your knees, you can be on your knees. If, you, if this is you this morning, I don't wanna embarrass you, but I, wanna, I want you to be genuine because I don't want at the expense of theology or having everything boxed and in the category, we miss out on what the Lord is doing and what the Lord has. So I'm going to pray for myself. I'm going to pray for us. If you're feeling empty, if you're feeling dry, raise your heart to the Lord. Raise your hands to the Lord. Do something that you need to do to come to a place of recognition that the Lord is the one that supplies all your needs according to his goodness and righteousness and glory. Father God, we come before you today as your children, as your sons and your daughters, We come before you today not taking for granted the work that you've accomplished on the cross, Jesus Christ. We come before you today in humility because we recognize you have filled us with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, Lord Jesus, I confess to you, Lord, I'm dry. We need you again, Jesus. We know that when we pray, you hear us. You remember the covenant you have with us and you respond. And so, Holy Spirit, now we just ask for an amazing response. Fill our cups to overflowing, Lord, we pray. Whether it's relational hardship, whether it's marriage crisis, whether it's addiction, whether it's uh, the things we're looking at, pornography, whether it's a lack of being in the Word of God, whether it's prayer, whatever, it's no desire to worship, not really believing that this is me anymore, not being able to accept the love of the Father. Lord Jesus, please refresh us and visit us again this morning. Because we want to be like you. And we want to move out in power with your Holy Spirit guiding and directing us. And we want to see more. Help us, please, Almighty God, this morning we pray. We humble ourselves before you and say, only in you do we have life and life more abundantly. We've tried to find it in other places, and it is worthless. It's vanity. And so we, we cast our cares upon you. We cast our mind upon you. We cast our bodies, our strength, our finances, our soul, everything, Lord. And we put it at your feet and say, please, Jesus, please answer. Fill us up to overflowing, Lord, that we would know the blessing and the benefit and the joy of being in you. And when hardship comes, Lord, we thank you that we know we have more than enough because you're with us. Yes. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Please use me this morning to speak your truth in humility. Please, Lord Jesus, give us more revelation of who you are and what you're doing in this world. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. If that's you specifically, and you'd like to be laid hands on, if you want to go deeper in prayer, I'm here, and we'd love to pray for you after the meeting. Uh, I think that there is a there are specific individuals that that is for, but I think also that that's a corporate response of our family. That's the elders have been talking a lot as well, and just we want more, you know. And I think that we. I feel like I'm using all the right words, and if I say the wrong word, then I'm, theologically, I'm compromised and all the right. You know what? Let's love Jesus and pursue the kingdom of God, and let's see St. Louis be transformed with the power of the gospel. All right, here we go. Fasting. Fasting for purpose. We're fasting because we want to see more of Jesus Christ. Bottom line. And so instead of coming to a prayer meeting and just say, hey, let's pray together, We're actually intentionally approaching God in fear and in holiness and in reverence to say, God, I don't want to do this just because it's it's something we're supposed to do. I want to do this because I know that my life is intertwined and, and can't be separated from the beauty and the power and the amazing reality of the gospel and the Holy Spirit lived out through us. And so we're trying to align ourselves in the right modes and the right purpose to be able to come with the right mindset. And I'm gonna say this at the very beginning. Fasting is not the means. It's a mode, if you can hear that. Fasting is is, is a way, fasting is not the thing that saves us. That's what I'm trying to communicate. We fast because it puts our heart in the right place. It puts our mind in the right place. It puts all of our yearnings and the desires and dependency in the right place, so as we come before him, we're ready to receive. Instead of watching the latest episodes of Survivor or um, Yellowstone or whatever it is, and those are okay shows. There's been examples of that at the place I work, and it's been weird. I'm not going to get on that. But but I'm just saying the truth of the Scripture is that what you fill yourself with, you're consumed by. And instead of watching and having those things and then coming before the Lord with an expectation to meet us in a prayer meeting, I'm not ready at all. How can I be ready when when I've filled myself with things that are other than the kingdom? And so fasting is a means for us to recalibrate our thinking on the purposes of God and to see where he goes. And so I have a couple um, texts for us to help us understand fasting is never declared as you have to do this in scripture. But it's mentioned over about 70 times and it's assumed by Jesus Christ himself. Here's a text from Matthew 6, 16 through 18. It says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the the hypocrites. Goodness gracious, Adelini. For they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That your fasting may, be seen by, may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Fasting is not meant to be a declaration of something that you're doing for public gain. It's meant to be an alignment of your heart. And you're in the very core of who you are and all of your dependency onto the Father. Right? But the interesting thing is, how does Jesus start this? This is right in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount. So he's talking to his disciples, and he's basically reorienting them. You've heard that it was said, Old Covenant, now I say unto you, New Covenant. This is what Jesus is proclaiming. This happened before, this is what Moses gave you, now I'm on the scene, and everything's going to be different. I'm the guy. If you guys have the faith to receive that, this is what it's going to look like. So you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, I say to you, turn the other cheek. He's, he's flipping the, the law. To say, I'm here now, and the kingdom is ushered in this way, and this is what it looks like. So he's doing this in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, showing us what these things look like here in Matthew 6. And when you fast, the assumption from Jesus Christ is that followers of his, those in the new covenant, are already doing this. This was a common thing to do in his time, but has been lost to some degree in the church today, I feel like. That's not an indictment on, on you. I'm just saying that's not become part of our cultural practice. People do it for nutrition, for weight loss, intermittent fasting, to get your metabolism going, and all the rest. This is not for that. This is a spiritual practice to align your heart and your thinking and your mind fully and on all dependence upon God. So if you're doing it for nutrition, don't do it. If you're doing it for other things and you can't get your mindset, let's get your mindset first and then let's do it appropriately for the Lord. When you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that they'd be seen and recognized. But look like you're put together. Look stately. It's not for others to recognize what you're doing, but it's for the purposes of the Lord. And then again, um, he goes, after the sermon of the Mount is over, in Matthew 9, 15, he says, And when Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. This is in context uh, to, to some other disciples of John the Baptist other th- and Pharisees coming to Jesus in essence saying, why do your disciples not fast, but we are? You're saying, why would you fast when I'm with you? You fast when I'm gone. Also implication then being this is, this is a temporary thing. We're fasting to connect with the Lord, to align ourselves, to be fully dependent upon God. I'm going to give you a couple reasons why. But this is not something we do when we're with him. This is an earthly reality. This is an already not yet kind of a thing, where we look at this as a means by which we can see who God is. We can we can understand what He's about, what He's done, what He's accomplished, and as He's applied it to our lives, how we fall into alignment with who He is and what He's doing. Y'all, is that okay? Okay. So this is a this is a necessary thing for us right now uh, as disciples of His, and when we're with Him, we won't even have to fast anymore. Amen to that. Isn't that fantastic? Oh man. Okay, what I'm going to do today is just give, I'm I'm not going to go long. I'm going to give you a brief uh, example out of Isaiah, and then I'm going to give you four um, orientations of fasting and leave you with a couple principles. But if you have your Bibles, if you could please turn to Isaiah 58. Isaiah, obviously a a prophet here to Israel and Judah, and he's calling out, in this context, he's calling out false fasting. So I'm going to give you an example of what people were doing And then try to realign you to how Isaiah is saying it should be done. And then show you some ways to orient yourself in preparation for Wednesday. And here's what we're asking you to fast for on Wednesday. Two things. First, that your heart would be aligned with the heart of God. That your heart would be aligned with the heart of God. Do you love the way the Lord loves do you think the way the Lord thinks, do you operate the Lord thinks? And then secondly, that the outward working of that heart posture will be seen and realized in St. Louis. Right? So I'm, we're going inward and then outward. And I'll talk to you about those orientations. First, to have a heart like the heart of God. And secondly, that you that, that would be realized in the communities and in the vocations, in the facets where we as New Covenant Church. have uh, have touch points in life. We want to see St. Louis recognize the power and the majesty and the deliverance of of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Is that all right? All right. That's good. This is Isaiah 58. The reason I'm giving you a specific purpose is that you always fast for purpose. We don't go into a fast without having an intentional reason why we're doing things. And I can show you a couple examples in Scripture uh, of how people fasted all throughout the Old and New Testament, but the beauty is you have a reason towards fasting. So you're calling upon the Lord so that when you're hungry and when reminders come, when your body's paining, you say, Lord, this is a reminder that my dependence is fully on you as my bread of life. May I have a heart like yours and may my heart like yours transform into an outward working in the areas that I have life to live for your glory. If that works, it's a constant reminder of those things. Okay, here we go. Isaiah 58 who is Isaiah 58? You guys ever had a, um, have you ever had the, like ordered a, your favorite meal at a restaurant and you're so excited, you like, you thought about this for so long, and then you go to the restaurant and you order it and you're so excited for it to come, and it comes, and when you take your first bite, it's like, it's dry, or it's not as good as you remember it being? Anybody? Anybody? Or I I save my cookie for the end of the day because I'm so excited about having this to cap off my day as a celebration of all that I've accomplished and gone through and all the bruises that i have occurred over the day. I sit down and I eat it, and it's just straight crunchy. I'm not a crunchy cookie guy. I'm more of a soft, chewy one. Okay, thank you for that. Some people disagree. (laughs) Uh, And it's like, what did I save that for? When I say... say, um, I I feel this righteous or holy discontentment. It's like I have experienced and touched things, and I know it's so good. But I feel dry right now, where I know the Lord has more. And so I'm pressing into, we're pressing New Covenant Church. The people of God are pressing into God and digging deeper in the Lord to say, Lord, reveal it to us, show us. We want more. I, it's, like, it's like having that, that burger or whatever, and you take it and it's just dry and not good. It's like, what is this? That's the feeling I have. I know, Lord, it's better. I know it's better. So bring us there, show us more. And so, one way to do that is to orient ourselves in preparation for, his, for the outpouring of His Spirit on us and for what He wants to do in His city fasting. This is Isaiah. It says, cry aloud, do not hold back, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Verse 2, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. You see, outwardly they're doing the right things. They seek Him daily, they delight to know His ways, and they delight to draw near to Him. But the tone here, if you look into it, actually is a little sarcastic. And the way that Isaiah is writing is, you've put ritual over relationship. You think just by doing these things that the Lord will hear you and bless you. But your heart is nowhere in it. So I'm coming to you, church, to say, please, if you're going to participate with us in this... Let your whole heart be in it. It will be better for us. It will be better for you. If your heart's in it, rather than going through the motions of it. Because what happens? Why have we fasted and why have we seen and why? Oh my gosh, reading today is so hard. Why have we fasted and why you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? These are the people now speaking to God. Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. So now here in these verses, the people are crying out to say, we did it. We did it, God. We sought you. I didn't eat the food. You know how hard that is? But I called upon you and I said all these things and still you're not coming to me with the right answers. I did it, supposed to work this way, and you give it to me. And God is in essence saying, behold, your fast. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight. And to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I cho- that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? It is to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him. Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? So he's coming against him saying you're not doing it in the right way. Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? It is not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, when you see the naked to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. If you look right there on all those things, this is that the heart of God towards fasting is outward. So, there is an internal reorientation that's taking place, a recalibration of your heart and mind to the will of God, that it would manifest or see itself in an outward reality. So, fasting, again, church family, is not so that you just feel better. It's to, to be in the proper place, to be used as an instrument of righteousness for God's glory and his name's sake, that the world around them would look like the kingdom. Rather than just me in my small circle and my, when I go to bed at night, I know I'm happy and I have a little smile. You, know, you cover up and you get a little smile on your face instead of not being able to go to sleep. That's not, that's not the point. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Ooh, I'm coming at this hard. Then you shall light. Okay, uh, we're in verse 8. Is that right? Thank you. Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. When you orient yourself properly, the Lord's with you and does amazing things. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and He will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong and and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, and you, you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. And so there's this, there's this wonderful reality of the beauty of being with the Lord in an oriented, in an oriented way that brings Him honor. You all with me there? So I just wanted, I'm just i showing you the difference between, in Isaiah's day, how he's calling out people that were fasting or going before the Lord in a way for themselves. They were putting the ritual or the feeling of doing the right thing over the actual desire for God to do it, the relationship aspects. And so when we fast, we have to first think and know that these things are first upward. I have four orientations for your fast. Okay, number one, upward. Everybody say upward. That's where we're going. Point your finger up. There we go. We can be interactive. Somebody made me a school teacher. I don't know. The Lord did it. It wasn't my fault. We're going upward. Y'all made that? This is a Godward dependency. First, we orient ourselves for the Lord. This is not just about me. I'm aligning myself in the Lord after I come to him. So I don't say, hey, I need to fast because I need some more money in my pocket. Or I need to fast because I'm feeling very, very you know, anxious about these things. Those are not wrong motives. First, come to God. Orient yourself on his character, Godward or upward. And then let's practice what, what looks like afterwards. So this idea of upward is about God and what he wants. It's depending fully on him. We need God and fasting is rooted in him and in his character. He's the one that will do it. He's the one that will bring the transformation if you are willing to discipline yourself and yield under His mighty hand. This goes back to the New Testament text out of 1 Peter. "Is humble yourself under the mighty God that at the proper time He will raise you up. And as you draw near to Him, it says that He will draw near to you. All right? Okay, so there's the upward. Number two, inward. Everybody point right here. There we go. We're coming inward. This is repentance. Be shaped like Christ. So first we go to God and we see his character and what he's doing, and now we come to myself and say, Lord, where where am I in this proximity? What's going on in my heart? What am I desiring above you? Where is my true dependency? And so the reason of giving up food, what are we most dependent on as human beings? We need nourishment, we need food. And it's a proclamation to say, Lord, the things that sustain my life are first not the material, the physical things that I can see and touch, but the spiritual bread of life that you give me. So I'm going for food first. That's really the, the understanding of fasting. I will say this, church family, if you cannot fast from food for medical reasons, if you're taking medication, whatever else, we, you can fast from other things. The, the first priority of these things is, what is your dependency? So I'm asking you first, you know, in humility, give up food. Because that's the biblical way of doing it. If you can't, that's totally fine. No condemnation. Then what are you dependent on? When I do this with students in high school, the first thing I ask for them is their phone. And what I've found, actually, in today's day and age, those that fasted from food had a, a, was, did not have as difficult of a time as those that fasted from their phone. They struggled. They said, I'd rather have my phone And eat but also they couldn't give up they couldn't give up the the little computer in their hand they but that reveals the heart the dependency and that's what we're getting at in the inward what are you dependent on that is not the Lord so think about those things challenge yourself I'm asking for food if you can't do that I say technology is a massive thing yes and if you can't use you can't give up your phone you need to be on your phone for calls whatever else amen that Typically, the phone call is not the thing that distracts you. Typically, it's everything else on the phone. That's right. And so hear me. I'm, I'm with you. I'm in this with you, right? It's become part of our culture. But if you're going to social media as an outlet before you go to the Lord, or if you go to an app, or if you go to a, something, an inter- some form of entertainment before going to God, then that's what you should fast from. What is the biggest voice in your life? If it's not God, what is it? And that's the thing you need to get away from. All right. Upward, we're going to God. Inward, it's an aspect of, of repentance. And, and they expressed repentance. So all throughout the Old Testament, we see this. Um, in 1 Samuel 7 and in Nehemiah 9, 1 Samuel 7 is when Saul passed away. And, and the people are, no, sorry, 1 Samuel 7 is... Um, when the people come and they're pouring out their hearts in repentance to Samuel, aligning themselves with things. And then in Nehemiah 9 is when the law comes and they're rebuilding and all these things happen. The people are fasting and repenting and crying out to God for forgiveness of misaligning themselves with not the law of God in his, in his word, but with what they saw would give them success, other nations and things like that. Is that, is that okay? So it expresses repentance. It's returning to the Lord through repentance from following other ways of life or from being involved in sin. So upward, orient yourself to the character of God first. Inward, what is your heart? What's going on in your heart? Repent of those things. Then we go outward. Um, and outward is expressing grief or hardship, longing for Christ, Christ's kingdom come. We often see throughout the Old Testament and New Testament a, um, an outward Aspect of, of uh, fasting when hardship comes. Looking at difficult things that have happened in life and then crying out to God. Fasting gives you a voice to the pain and the grief that we face. And I don't know about you guys, but sitting in the church being last Sunday, it seemed like there was a lot of pain in the church. Just as we had a time within the, before the Lord and the rest. And I hear you because I feel it. Fasting is a way to express to God the heart that you're feeling, the pain, the grief, you're calling out to him and saying, Lord, I am giving these things up to depend on you and I'm crying out to you because this is where I am. May my heart be aligned like your heart and where, where these pains and where this grief and where all these things are, Lord, I set it at your feet. Please remove these things from me. Help me to see you bigger in what I'm experiencing. Um, we see these examples at the death of Saul in 1 Samuel 31 where the people fasted for a week after Saul was killed. And then David finds word in Second Samuel 1, and then he immediately goes into a fast as a result of grief, because the Lord's anointed has been killed. Um, Psalm, Psalm 60, verse 10 says, When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. So it's an expression of your heart to the Lord, the outward. And then the last one now is forward, and I gave up all my hand signs, so you got to do this like you're rolling forward, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to the Lord, to myself. We're going outward in our expressions in order to engage in the mission. You all can do that. It's okay to move your elbows in church. and feel. There we go. It's like you're rolling, you know what I'm saying? Forward. Seek God's favor. Seeking God's guidance and engaging in the mission of God. We have to engage in the mission of God. We're not coming just to be plumped up in order to be deflated, to come back and be inflated, to be deflated. We are serving no purpose. If we're going to engage the mission, then let's get out and engage the mission and see what God does. Because I promise you, I, I fully believe this. If anybody wants to join me, help me, hold me to a church family. My goal is to take an hour a week to go talk to people about Jesus. You can't wait for people to come here. We have to go talk to them. So while I'm shopping, if I see someone that looks really sad, I'm going to go ask them if I can pray. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. It's easy for me to do at my work. It's a Christian school. It's easy for me to do here because we we have dedicated ourselves to the gospel. I'm now talking about the world that needs it. That's why Christ came. Hold me to a church family or join me in it. But my goal is to be able to, to actually see, Lord, show me what's going on. Keep my head up instead of my chin down. So, I walked through the grocery store just looking at these or looking down, and instead of missing the actual image bearers in front of me that need redemption. And so, what does it look like to engage the world outwardly and knowing that we could be forward thinkers as we seek God's favor? Okay, forward. God, seek God's favor, seeking God's guidance, and engaging in the mission of God to seek the Lord, his wisdom, guidance, and direction. This is pretty amazing to me. You know when Daniel went into the lion's den, you know who fasted? Darius, the king who wasn't even a part of the covenant. He fasted, and he couldn't sleep for Daniel. And I'm telling you what, if that king can fast, I certainly can too. He saw something. He knew something. Ah, oh, man. Nehemiah 1.4, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Verse 11, O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I'm a cupbearer to the king. This is Nehemiah. First, I gave you a choppy sentence there, but if you go with it. Nehemiah 1, he first fasted. And he got, his, he got himself, he reminded himself of who he is and what God's mission is, of the forward progress of what he's doing. I need to rebuild. This is not okay that is places like this in ruins, right? Then he fasts and he gets up and the forward thing is that prayer there. Oh Lord, let your, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, to the prayer of your servants who delight to feel your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man who is the man... Yeah, the emperor of the world at the time. He was going before him to ask basically for money, for time off, for a big old vacation to be able to go rebuild the opposition. People against him. And the Lord grants favor to him. But first, before he went forward in his mission, he paused before the Lord to say, I orient myself Godward. To challenge myself inwardly. That my motives outwardly would be correct. Correct. And as I move forward in mission, I know I'm doing it because every, all of my balances have been checked. It's for your glory, Lord. Y'all with me? Okay, all right. Here's the last thing I have for you, and then I'm done. I should have written it up on my slide, but I didn't. I failed. Um, that, by the way, is not all me. I have to give credit to uh, David Mathis, is a, a great writer for, the, for um, Desiring God and a Pastor and all those things. And so some of that is adapted from him, and I put some of my own stuff in there. So, amen. You don't have to reinvent the wheel when there's brilliant, brilliant minds and brilliant revelation from the Lord. Yeah, I just, I just it's good to say that. Have purpose. Have purpose. This is the last thing we're fasting for purpose. Here are my three things it's a mode, not a means. By that, Jesus Christ is the only thing that saves you. The only thing that brings you into his kingdom, the only thing that receives you as being forgiven is the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life, not the things that you do. Does Jesus love you more because you fast? Church family, does Jesus Christ love you more because you fast? I do not believe so. Because it comes through the sacri- I mean, Almighty God, because it, because it comes through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's not the works that you do. This should be an outflow of the accomplished work applied to your life. It is not the thing that saves you. So please hear this with me. We are not fasting for salvation. We have been saved. And as a result, I want to fast. Okay? So as we do this, get away from the legalisms. It's a heart desire to be oriented toward the Lord. Okay, this does not save you. This does not make you, make you a better Christian in the sense of more holy than others. Christ's holiness applied to you is what makes you holy. Okay, I wanna, there's, there's an application here that we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. There's a responsibility that we have to live these things in life. There is work applied to your salvation after being saved. Okay, And this is part of that. But I just wanted to give a little asterisk footnote thingamajig. Look below. This fasting is not the, me- the means by which you're saved. Okay, It's an outflow of your heart. Okay, number two, repent and recalibrate your worship. We want to have purpose. We want to calibrate ourselves to what God is doing and not just what I see and what I want to do. And the last thing, this will deepen your prayer life and your dependency on God. So what we're proclaiming Bottom line foundational principles is that Lord, I don't have it all right. And I am fully dependent on you. And so I'm willing to give up food, technology, the things in my life that I have put over you or that are temptations for me to reach for before going to you. I'll confess to you guys when I have a hard day, I love eating. It brings me comfort, right? It brings me joy. It makes me feel better in the moment. Then after I eat, I'm so mad at myself. Y'all know what I'm saying? Why did I have to eat the whole bag of chips? Why couldn't I just eat like a handful? I'm talking the real-size bag of chips, none little lunch things. You see what I'm saying? And so this, this is the reality is in our culture specifically, as Americans, we have made food our comfort. Things that we can intake. Think about that. So all the more fasting from food is a declaration that this is not what sustains me. God sustains me. Technology is not the thing that, that gives me purpose and joy in life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. So anything you want to put up against it, like I said before, what is that voice? Let's quiet that to make God's voice the loudest in your life. All right. Deepen your prayer life and your dependency on God. We are fasting for this purpose. As a congregation, we're going to do this together. And hopefully this will become a practice. We're actually going to be talking about this. We talked about this in the Fireside Chat. In coming months, we're going to be going over specific disciplines, spiritual disciplines as a church, to make a church family more aligned to the purposes of who God is and what he's called us to do, that we would properly engage the world with the gospel of Jesus. And so one of these disciplines is fasting. We'll go more into it later. But this is, this is a discipline to help us orient ourselves unto God to declare a dependency upon Him that we would be ready to receive rather than just throwing things out there and expecting us to be ready. I can't just go right now and run a marathon, I've got to prepare myself for it. In the same way, don't just assume that you're going to come to a prayer meeting having done nothing to prepare your heart and mind. You see what I'm saying? Be in the right way to receive and to give and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. So here's my big ask. If you can fast all of Wednesday, go for it. I think there's something to starting small and succeeding, though. So my big ask would be this. Fast from lunch through dinner. That's my big ask. Start small and succeed. For many of us, maybe this is the first time in a long time that we fasted. I'm not telling you you have to like obliterate your body. That misses the whole point. It's, it's orienting your mind on the Lord. So my ask is this. If you can go all day, fantastic. We're just going one day. If not, just go with me from lunch through the prayer meeting. You can break your fast after we pray. So that, the, so that as we pray, that's part of the fast. We're still in it. We're still feeling it together. We're yearning and desiring. for. I am so hungry, I'm becoming hangry. Right? But at the same time, Lord, I, those, those feelings or because I'm desiring things I've put in my body that I know do things to me when I, when I have forgotten you. You are my dependency. You are what I need. I fill myself with you, the bread of life, because I'm fully dependent on what you want for my heart to be like yours and for that to have a forward movement into the community you've put us in. That's what we're fasting for, a heart like God that will move forward into our community. Is that, uh, y'all with me? Praise Jesus. The way that you break a fast, I'm just going to say, friends, really quick, is not to go get a massive steak dinner. Start small, please. Soup. Juice. You have juice into soup. I'm not getting legalistic here. If you have a burger afterwards, that's that's fine. But I'm just saying, because what does it proclaim? After not eating all day long, and then it's like, yes! And you go to Golden Corral, and you just... And saying, wow, that was really good to I feel really spiritually built up and edified because for approximately 12 hours I did not eat anything. And then I ate everything. It's not proclaiming a dependency on God. You see that. It's a that it, it totally flips it right away. Okay, so the way you fast is to go small and saying, Lord, you break it in prayer because it's all, nobody, it feels weird at the end you pray to him, we'll do it together here at the prayer meeting. If you're not with us, you can do it by yourself. You give it to him, rest in him, thank him, and then eat your meal. But start small before just getting back into it because of what it proclaims. It says something. Okay. Uh, and then what we're fasting from, like I said, is food just to give, this is administration. That, for, for my understanding and what I will do, you, again, start small and succeed. I will drink water. That's it. So for me, this is a full fast. There's many variations of fasting. Full fasts, partial fasts, uh, multiple day, 21-day fasts. There's a 40-day fast. There's a Daniel fast. There's, we're just we'll start small, we're going to enjoy the presence of God. So if you would like to join me, I'm, I'm going to refrain from food, and in my hunger, I'm crying out to God. When you're hungry, you go to the Lord as you're de- that's who you're dependent on, not the food. That's the reminder. At those meal times, now you have half an hour, something like that during your lunch break, or if you're at home, whatever, the normal time that you would prepare, spend it in prayer. That's the time set aside. That's your meal. Feast on God. Then we'll come here as a church family and we'll break it together and we'll pray and we'll call on him for ourselves and our hearts to be aligned with who he is. That it would impact and influence the city that we're a part of. Okay? And um, so once again, if if it's not all day, join us from lunch. Through the evening, and you can break the fast after our prayer meeting. And um, here's the big question: oftentimes, can I have coffee? Can I have? Listen, your heart is what matters. Your heart's what matters. If you want to drink coffee, drink coffee, but just have a cup. You see what I'm saying? Don't, don't make coffee the substitute for things you're not having. You're missing the point again. But your heart is what I'm going after here. Is it, is y'all, cool? All right, let's pray together. Jesus, we are are honored and grateful to be your sons and daughters. And so, Father God, as a congregation now, as New Covenant Church, we align ourselves with you first and foremost to say that we want to be dependent on you above all things. Lord Jesus, inwardly we repent of things that are not Christ-like. And we say outwardly as we express ourselves, Lord Jesus, for longing for who you are and your kingdom come, Lord, meet us and answer us. Hear us, Lord, for those that have grief and pain and hardship. Respond to them, please, Lord. And then, as we seek your favor and guidance to move forward, Jesus, carry us to where you want us to go, empowered by your Spirit to accomplish these things. We love you, God, in
1: your name. Amen. Thank you, David. All right, good job, Dave. Hey, hold yeah. on, hold yeah. on, just a minute. Don't go away. Don't go away. All right, real quick. Um, are there any questions for David before we just? That was a great job, Dave. Excellent. We could feel oh, yeah. your passion, and it was well put together. So, any there, questions?
0: I'm gonna. I will upload on, on on the app. Maybe I can upload a. Um, Bible reading plan. It's a seven-day plan so it won't work for our fast because we're, we're only going to Wednesday. This is something that you can continue just in your own understanding. Um, and it's, it's from a pastor that I'm, I've kind of enjoyed. He's radical. Uh, that's a seven-day reading plan. If you'd like to do it, it's through Version a Bible app, and it just t- gives you a couple of scripture passages and a little like, paragraph thing to read every day. There's also an article from uh, some of the, N- the guys that put together the NIV Bible um, that is like is 10, 10 benefits of fasting, and it has scripture references for it, and just shows you uh, to deepen your prayer life, to strengthen your faith, to rely upon the Lord, and it's just ten. Re- why am I doing this? And it helps you to understand. We can upload those things as a resource if it helps you as well. For
1: you, to, okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay. Any questions for David? There's no bad questions. If you don't ask any, I will ask them. Hey, Joe. I will just
0: right. say I've never heard this subject matter delineated, explained, tied to scripture. Well, thanks, Joe. Really yeah, good. man. I, I'm very excited about um, unfolding for us spiritual disciplines in this church. Um, as my study has unfolded with spiritual disciplines, I'm just going to give a one-liner. These are all imperatives of Scripture and assumed, just like that. When you fast, it should look this way. Jesus is doing it. Yep. Why are not we doing it? Right. And so, like, over and over, I've been, like, sm- he has smacked me in the face in a great way to say, wake up, Adelini. These are things we should be doing. And so we're going to direct our, we're going to do this together as a church, not because we're better or we're, it's not that, it's Jesus doing it. I want to do it. Amen. So Amen. thanks, Joey. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah. All right. No, you keep trying to leave. Any questions? It's, it's time to go and there's in I know. In we're, it's okay. All right. Any questions? Right. Anybody? Yes, ma'am. Would it be appropriate for two or
0: three of us to bring a um, um, slow cooker of soup sure. to have out here? Yeah. It's a great idea make it
1: easy
0: up. if you would like to you're more than welcome to I did not want to delegate that to someone but
1: yeah beautiful great idea that's yeah it's idea. wonderful
0: anybody,
1: yeah you sure bring a- anybody want to bring any, a suit yeah any volunteers for bringing this any miso? soup miso. yeah <laughs> if you want to bring that'd a soup, please do so <laughs> that'd be wonderful thank you thanks yeah, great yeah Nazaria so thank you for that yeah. <laughs> we'll try that's an imperative <laughs> <Rats>. <laughs> Frank said, don't make it smell too good. That's not, that's not fair. Yeah, Rex, yes, sir. Uh, there,
0: there has been expression of a
1: problem of, are we trying to twist God's arm to do something he did not really want to do?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: How, how do we deal with that problem?
0: Sure. You want to eat? I, fat, the Lord's going to do what he wants to do, and he'll answer how he wants to answer. Right. Mm-hmm. Fasting is not a means by which we're commanding God to do something. It's orienting ourselves under what he's doing. Amen. And so the difference there is a heart issue, really. Am I doing this to get something for God, or am I doing this to align myself with who God is and what he's doing? And so I'm requesting, I'm, I'm casting myself upon him, I'm humbling myself under his authority and under his care, that he would hear me and respond how he deems necessary. But, Lord, this is my heart. This is where I am. This is where I need you. Those kind of things. Yeah. Is this is it, part
1: of our submission to
0: God. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 It's submitting. Jerry said this is part of our submission to God.
1: Yeah. 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 So we, yeah, the, the goal is, Lord, shape my heart as opposed to, Lord, give me this thing. Yeah. Amen. Any other questions?
0: so Easily appeased and um, satiated by by different things, and so um, it it just directs us to to focus, Mm -hmm. not to somehow um, trick God into doing something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you said, it's Mm -hmm. orientating our hearts, right?
1: And we're so easily distracted, we're so easily knocked off course. Yeah, amen. So, my here's my question, too. I feel that ease of being knocked off course a lot. David, here's my question. A lot of times when I'm fasting, I feel Man, like... Like I'm an expert on that. Sometimes when I'm fasting, I feel like I waste the fast okay. because I get off course. Because my mind, like I start thinking about work instead of prayer. So I start praying, then I find myself yeah. working on something else. You this, know is, what I mean? this is a discipline. Yeah, help, help us. How do this we do that? This is a spiritual
0: discipline like anything else. How many of you guys have ever trained... Um, or in previous years, or in another life. uh, Lifted weights, gone for a run, done anything physical. If I go for a hike and my goal is to go 10 miles, I'm not gonna start at 12. And oftentimes in our culture, we, we start as Americans, everything has to be the best all the time. And that's not true. There's no such thing as perfection, I'm gonna say this, there is such thing as pursuit. The only thing that's perfect is Jesus. And so what we're doing is we're pursuing him. And so don't get legalistic now. Right. If, you have to, if you have to eat something in the middle of it, I would admonish you not to. But if you need to, eat it and then get your heart back to where we're going so that it's not just a distraction the whole day. Does that make sense? Okay, so if you break the fast, it's not, you're not graded for this. Again, you're not saved by this. That, that's what we think is the fast is the thing. The fast is, is a means by which it puts us into, it's the tool to, to use it. And so I would say um, we're all human in our mind. This is the beginning step. I think the more that you fast, and we will as a congregation, those things will get easier and easier and easier. When you sit down to read your Bible, let's just be honest right now, how long do you last before you start thinking about other things you should be doing? Three minutes? Two minutes? How is it? It's no different. You don't stop reading it. You control yourself to get back on to what you're dependent on and allow the work of the Lord to refine you and help you over time instead of expecting that the first time you do it, like magic's happening. He's, he's disciplining you, he's, he's honing you, he's, he's working on you. So that's what I would say. Amen.
1: All right. Amen. If right. I can say to you, the only person we're comparing ourselves to is Jesus. So there's no. My pursuit's not better than yours mentality. I'm saying that to you because I know the enemy. Yeah. And at 6.52, you're sitting in the parking lot, and the, whole, and the enemy will say to you, you didn't fast enough to go to this meeting. Come in the meeting. We're still fasting. We, We're yeah. still doing it. We're pursuing together. And we have every expectation the Lord will meet us yeah. in uh, our failures to pursue.
0: Yeah. These are outward means to to transform or conform internal desires. And so we're getting our, our, our habits in line with actually the things the Lord is calling us to. And that's not easy. And so be, have a little room f- for yourself. You know what I'm
1: saying? Okay, that's
0: good. We We all stand,
1: please? Lord, thank you, for our, thank you for your word. Thank you for David. Lord, thank you for the obvious passion you've put in him. Lord, thank you that you're with us. Lord, we pursue you. We love you. We look to you. You are our life. Church body, may you know the call of the Father. May you know the rule of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit as you go from this place, as you seek and pursue the Lord, and as you do great things for His kingdom. God bless you. Have a great week. Love you all.